the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Sometimes we also bring in the Christian headlines. Earlier last week, uh, we had a headline at ChristianHeadlines.com. Christian baker Jack Phillips sued again for refusing to bake transgender cake. Joining me, my friend Jack Phillips and his Alliance Defending Freedom attorney, Jonathan Scruggs. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure, Gino. Always glad to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, no, no, I'm glad, glad, glad to have you. And you can imagine our heartbreak as we read the headline and discovered that once again, Jack Phillips is being sued for refusing to bake, this time a transgender cake. Um, Jonathan, we'll, we'll start with you just very quickly where, when did this happen? How is this case different from the the uh, the Supreme Court decision that was won in 2018? What's what's different about this case? Well, I think the factual background is substantially different, and even probably more disturbing, uh, because on the same day that Jack heard that the U.S. Supreme Court would take his first case, so in 2017, that was a great day that that was reported in the media, uh, an attorney in Colorado called up Jack and said, we create me a cake to celebrate a gender transition, a blue and pink cake? Uh, and blue Jack on the outside, politely, pink on the inside. That, that's right. And Jack politely declined, uh, but you should also know that this attorney had been essentially monitoring Jack and Jack's first case. He had sent Jack an email calling him a bigot before, calling him a hypocrite. He had asked the government to prosecute Jack uh, because of the incidents in the first case. And then after this call, actually called back Jack and asked to create a cake uh, with Satan smoking a joint. So it's clear that this attorney was targeting Jack Phillips and trying to persecute him because of his religious beliefs. Uh, and that's really the background of the case, and what makes it even more disturbing. Now, considering the facts of the case, and let's just go to a different place just for a moment, because, Jonathan, you're an attorney. Um, allegedly, Autumn Scardina is an attorney. I have no reason to believe he, she is or isn't an attorney. Are there some ethical considerations, at, just from, a, from an attorney standpoint, is this something that that attorneys could be held liable for from an ethical standpoint is it is it appropriate for an attorney to target a person for this kind of lawsuit well i think it's just all concerning just at even a higher level just as a moral and uh, as a moral level right Uh, now so one instance and you'll probably get to talk about this is we had a trial uh, recently where jack his wife 
his daughter had to testify. And at trial, uh, the attorney said, confirmed, that uh, that Scardina, the attorney, asked, told Jack that if this case were dismissed, the attorney would turn around and ask for another cake and sue Jack again. So it really is isolating and targeting uh, Jack Phillips, really at using the court's system as a tool of cancel culture, trying to cancel Jack simply for standing up for his faith. Uh, Jack's been in litigation for almost 10 years 10 now. years. Uh, and, I mean, he's just trying to live out his life, live out his business. He had to close his, his shop for, for a week to do this trial. Uh, and it's just a shame that we can't in a country just live in peace with each other. But we've got to go out and target people uh, to punish them. Uh, for standing up for their faith. Now, Jack, you did have to had to shut down your your shop for a week. Yeah. What what happened? Where are we at in in this process right now, Jack? Well, like John said, we just finished up the trial. We had uh, testimonies on Monday and Tuesday. Um, the attorney was the first on the stand, and uh, then there was cross examination, all that. And then I had to sit there and watch my wife Debbie as she had to testify, and then cross examine and redirect and recross, and all these legal terms that I'm learning about. But sure, it's it's frightening to sit there and know that my wife has to has to answer questions from the opposing attorney, and the attorney is not trying to come to the. Um, same conclusion we are. This attorney is trying to destroy my wife's credibility. Um, then do the same thing with my daughter and with me. But to just have to sit there and, and watch that happen, but then to see God's grace just as my wife would manifest. The question. Yeah, she'd hear the question. If she wasn't sure, she would ask, you know, could you ask that again? And she would pause and she would just give a good, clear, honest, truthful answer, and they couldn't refute it, but they just kept coming back, and you just have to watch it, and just to see God's grace, that was pretty cool. Same thing with Lisa. And uh, So now we've got the uh, trial all done. They heard closing arguments on Wednesday, and the judge will um, announce a decision in a, you know, not a long time, but a few weeks probably, mm-hmm. and John can tell you how what's going on with that, but uh, and, and- that was... And John, as you as you were there, obviously trying the case, what what are your thoughts, impressions, uh, ideas of how you think the judge's ruling is going to go? Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely hard to say. Just with the U.S. Supreme Court, you know, or just with any other uh, judge, you kind of never know know for sure. We heard testimony like Jack was mentioning, and and seeing God's grace work, seeing we got this great testimony that, you know, Jack does serve everybody, right? We had mm-hmm. one of Jack's clients, uh, Mike Jones, who, who's a gay man, come up and testify for Jack and said, Jack has served me numerous times, and he's shown me dignity and respect, um, and, you know, just that outlining that, that history of that relationship mm-hmm. was great. Uh, and so we've got some great testimony to prove that point, that this case really is about trying to force Jack to affirm a belief he disagrees with, and that violates core First Amendment principles, right? Uh, that, that Jack serves people regardless of who they are, regardless of their background, uh, from people of all different uh, faiths and beliefs and uh, viewpoints, uh, and he just wants the same freedom that, other, that he's extending to other people, right? That he's allowing other people to live out their beliefs the way they want to. Why can't Jack have that same freedom to operate his business consistent with who he is? Um, 
but this lawsuit is really about targeting Jack and forcing him uh, to try to contradict, uh, to use the arm of the state, the statute, to really force him to profess beliefs that he can't profess. And that's just a scary thing, it, you know, that any American can be forced, can be targeted for that and try to be forced uh, to do that. Right now, this case is at the state level. The state judge is going to render a ruling. He is going to find in Jack's favor or he's going to find against him. What will be the, the your recourse if for whatever reason the judge finds against Jack? Uh, we, you know, we will appeal. That goes to the next level, which is the Colorado Appellate Court, the uh-huh. Colorado Supreme Court, and then the U.S. Supreme Court. If it and if it takes if it takes that, we'll, we'll by all means did it. We did it the first time. Uh, we won Jack's. There was a second round of litigation. We won that, and we, we feel confident in this one too. Now, Jack, you've just gone through this latest round of of court cases, hearings. It's the 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 judge is getting ready to. Uh, rule on the case. Tell us a little bit about the kind of support, encouragement that you've been getting from family, friends, church, community. Um, What can we do to make Jack Phillips' life a little bit easier? Yeah, the encouragement from the the church and the community and family has just been outstanding. Um, I had to come down here for something on Sunday. The phone was ringing all day. I didn't answer it because it was closed, but even Sunday, people sending us emails and cards and just coming by people have come in and said can i pray for you yes well, of course you know and then we'll just drop what we're doing and go out in the store and complete strangers are praying for you and that's that's pretty cool so. well i know that we're gonna be hoping to hear from the judge and we hope that it's in your favor uh jonathan scrub scruggs the, the last that i had heard about this whole process was that Scardina had press charges against Jack with the state and the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. It's, it was my understanding that a countersuit was made to the state in 2019. Both cases were dropped under a settlement that would permit Scardina to proceed with the lawsuit independently. Can you shed a little light on that and its relationship to what's happening now? Sure. There, there's so many details. I mean, when litigation goes on for 10 years, it's, it's, right. it's hard to keep it all together. Sure. But that, that's generally right in the sense that this attorney, Autumn Scardina, asked for this cake. Uh, Jack declined. The attorney went and filed a complaint with the, the Civil Rights Commission, the same entity that sued Jack the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the Colorado Civil Rights Commission started that process again, we, ADF, on Jack's behalf, we turned around and sued Colorado. Uh, mm-hmm. for just basically ignoring the fir- Supreme Court's first ruling uh, on this matter. Um, and thankfully, Colorado realized, oh, wait, we can't do this, right, that we can't try to crush this, this person again. So mm-hmm. they quickly gave up, knowing that what they were trying to do is just, you know, unconstitutional. Um, but until so we entered into a settlement agreement with them, just dismissing that matter, uh, Autumn Scardini, the attorney, had the opportunity to appeal that settlement and just didn't do so. Instead, the attorney went around and filed another lawsuit in state court, so really trying to get another bite at the apple, mm. which is itself improper and one of the arguments we've been making in this court, uh, which, which, again, highlights the fact that this isn't just like a random person off the street. This is a targeted campaign uh, to try to force Jack to change what he believes 
and to say a message he can. Again, Scardina said at trial that the purposes of his of, of, of Scardina asking for these cakes was to, quote, correct the errors of Jack's thinking. Um, and that's what this is all about. It's about trying to change people's beliefs. Uh, it's disregarding the First Amendment. Right. Uh, and how, do, and how do, very thing. And how does the ruling in the Supreme Court case play on this current case? Was there an appeal to that case? And what what relationship does it have to the current case? Well, we think it has a direct relationship uh, because one of the issues in the first case, if you might remember, is Colorado was singling out Jack. It's, it was giving better treatment to other cake shops who the government was allowing to decline requests that those cake shops didn't agree with, but was forcing Jack to accept requests that he couldn't in good faith do. And that's really still happening in Colorado, right? Other cake shops can decline requests you know, uh, to, to celebrate Satan or to you know, do other things, to decline requests that violate their beliefs. Yet we're singling out and forcing Jack. Jack seems to be the only cake designer in all of Colorado, right, mm-hmm. in the sense that everyone is going to him and offering up their objectionable requests, whether it be celebrating Satan or, in this case, uh, another situation uh, to celebrate a gender transition. Right. But that's just unfair. There's no reason that these other people get more freedoms than Jack does. I'd like to point out, too, Gino, that you know people might be thinking, well, Jack just won't make cakes for same-sex weddings or transgenders, but there are a lot of cakes that we decline to create because of our beliefs. We don't create cakes to celebrate Halloween or cakes that would uh, denigrate other people. Even I've been asked to create cakes that uh, um, attack gays, like mm-hmm. you know, the famous slogan, God hates whatever. And we're not going to do those either. So it's it's the message of the cake, and it's not just these these two instances. There are quite a few cakes that I can't create. Pornographic cakes or adult-themed cakes, you know, there are a lot. So I just want to make that that point. No, and that that is important. And Jonathan Scruggs, what's your greatest concern about the possibility, in what world could any fair-minded judge rule against Jack? And what gives you hope in this situation? Well, I think it gives me hope that we have uh, – we won Jack's first case, obviously. Right. Uh, if that gives me a fair amount of hope, the U.S. Supreme Court agreed with us. We have filed lawsuits all across the country and won on behalf of other creatives, whether it be photographers or calligraphers or filmmakers. Uh, so the growing trend is for courts to acknowledge uh, religious freedom and to acknowledge and protect uh, the right to free speech. So I'm really confident, uh, and we're willing to do whatever it takes, like we did in the first case, to protect Jack and protect others' freedom, whether that mean, whether it be in this particular case at the trial level or on appeal or on appeal all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, it seems to me that in the first uh, case with the Supreme Court case with Masterpiece, that it, there was an open – there was – a lot left unsaid. I know, Jonathan Scruggs, that you've given a great deal of thought to the issue of religious freedom versus sexual expression. It seems to have come to a head in our country, um, this idea that that somehow Christians don't have the right to simply believe what the Bible says is true about certain things, like maybe creation or marriage or gender, are you concerned that religious freedom is truly at risk? 
I mean, I think so, especially when you have the Equality Act, which is a piece of legislation uh, in Congress being considered. And what you would essentially do is make a law like Jack is facing, put that nationwide across the country for all businesses, uh, you know, so the potential effect of making it so this law being used to target Jack could essentially be nationwide and be used to target other people of faith. I just think it's important to stress is freedoms go both ways, and they travel together, right? The same freedom that Jack is willing to extend to others, that's all he's asking for. You know, we shouldn't be forcing an LGBT web designer to create a website criticizing same-sex marriage, right? Because that would violate that person's core convictions and beliefs. That's all we're asking for here is that same freedom to protect Jack, and, and in a pluralistic society, we've got to learn to live in peace with each other, even if we disagree on certain things. Well, uh, yeah, and in my perfect world, Alliance Defending Freedom would have so few cases that they would have to try one once every five to ten years. But it doesn't seem like you're hurting for business, are you, Jonathan Scruggs? We are staying quite busy. Uh, that, that is an understatement, uh, and it, it's a scary thing because our religious freedoms, our freedom of speech, our freedom of association, these things are on the line, uh, and they're being attacked. Uh, just, and I think Jack's situation uh, illuminates that. Well, we will, of course, with interest, follow this case. Jack Phillips, thanks so much for being my guest. Jonathan Scruggs from Alliance Defending Freedom. And, of course, pray for Jack. Pray for Masterpiece cake shop but go the extra mile go there buy his stuff because guess what he's a great guy and and by the way his desserts pastries they're yummy and by the way too jonathan scruggs congratulations on alliance defending freedom's victory at the sixth circuit that's for another day (laughs) thanks for listening to the town hall review our program is coming today in partnership with the pepperdine graduate school of public policy It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. Joe Biden kicked off his presidency by falsely accusing Donald Trump of leaving with no plan for producing or distributing vaccines. In an effort to prove this point, Biden launched an expensive network of 21 federal vaccination centers that tied up millions of doses of vaccines. Biden promised that this would quickly accelerate a supposedly stalled vaccination system. Now a report from FEMA informs us what most could easily have predicted. In the last two months, these 21 centers have only delivered 1.7 million vaccinations. The partnership set up by the previous administration with private sector pharmacies delivers nearly that many every day. National chains and local pharmacies had the expertise and capacity to serve Americans where they live, which is why the Trump administration made that partnership a key vaccination strategy. How much time has been wasted by the Biden administration's desire to reinvent the wheel, trying to score points on his predecessor? Will the media press him on it? Will they ask in his next press conference? I'm Ed Morrissey. Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.